Good morning and welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I am Brenna Thompson, licensed and registered dietitian, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company specializing in life-changing nutrition education and counseling. Each week, we bring you information on how nutrition can change your life. Now, before we really get rolling with the show today, I know that a lot of listeners here in the Twin Cities, but probably more of our podcast listeners, are going to be very excited to know that our 12-week Nutrition for Weight Loss class is now online. Amazing. Amazing. It's been a couple years in the making, but it is finally up. So for anybody who doesn't live in the Twin Cities or can't make it to the weeknight or the Saturday afternoon classes that we often have, you can go online to weightandwellness.com, click under the little classes tab, and you can now take the class online. Very cool. Very, very cool. But to get us into our topic today, have you heard of fatty liver disease? You may know about cirrhosis of the liver, but what about a fatty liver? Same or different? Maybe you know someone with a fatty liver. Maybe your uncle or a neighbor. Maybe it's you. I was surprised to learn that 34% or about one-third of the United States population has a fatty liver. So you may already know about the alcohol connection, but what else is causing us to have fatty livers? Now, you heard her already. Joining me this morning to help answer that question is Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning. It's been a while since we've been on the show together. Yeah, like a month or two. Yeah. Well, for a while, I felt like we were every month really consistent, which I loved. And then I don't know if the boss decided we needed a break or you went on vacation or what. I did go on vacation. (laughs) I figured you are the vacationing queen. I love it. But anyway, glad to be back in studio with you today. As always, I need to give a big shout out to my two biggest fans listening back home. So hello to Riley, my fifth grader, who will be co-hosting with us next month. I saw that. That's going to be fun. And also hello to Marissa, my third grader, who turns nine today. Happy birthday, Marissa. Yes, happy birthday, Marissa. Look at that. She even gets a song. Got a little dancing going on here this morning. I know she's listening. Happy, happy birthday, lady. I hope you are relaxing. You know, at our house on Saturdays, it's chore day. So there's a list of chores that we all have. And, you know, things like clean the bathroom, vacuum, the whatever room mom decides. Cut the vegetables. Yes, there are things we have to do. And I told Marissa, don't do any chores today. You (gasps) sit and relax. Dad will do your chores. No. And Riley still has to do his own chores. So... Hopefully she is reclining and just listening to us. I wish I could do that on my birthday. (laughs) No, me too. Me too. But back to our topic. um, I want to repeat that statistic you gave because I think that's a really big number. A third of the American population has fatty liver. And maybe some people are thinking, big deal. Who cares if my (laughs) liver is a little fatty, right? Well, it is a big deal. And you'll realize it when you know what our liver does for us. So maybe we should start off the show with that. Why do we even have a liver? What does our liver do? Well, the liver is a big flat organ that just kind of sits underneath the right side of your rib cage. And it helps break down hormones, medications, environmental chemicals, and then it turns them into substances that we can get rid of either through sweat, urination, or defecation. 
Okay, my 10-year-old and 9-year-old are listening, right? Yes. I'm going to rework that last you, sentence for I them. I figured How you might that? want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so our liver takes any icky stuff in our body that we got through the food we ate or whatever, the sunscreen we put on, something we inhaled. It takes those chemicals, breaks them down so we can either sweat them out, pee them out, or poop them out. That's right. There we go. Yes. So think about that. If your liver's not working right... And so you can't break down the chemicals and the toxins and the icky stuff that's building up in your body so that you can get rid of it. What's going to happen? It's just going to keep building up in your body, building up in your body, and eventually you're going to get pretty sick. Mm -hmm. Now, here's an interesting thought. If you feel like your metabolism is kind of sluggish, you might be interested to know that your liver plays an important role in supporting your metabolism by helping you break down fats and carbs. I bet that got some people's attention. Uh, I bet it did. If your liver's not working right, it can affect your metabolism. And I know that perks up the ears of a lot of people because we know that a lot of people in America are struggling to lose some weight and get themselves down to a healthy weight, right? Maybe they don't have a metabolism problem per se. Maybe they have a liver problem. Mm -hmm. And again, fatty liver disease affects 34% of Americans. So doesn't that beg the question, what are we eating or what are we drinking that might be leading us to store this fat in our liver where it does not belong? Well, to help Cassie and me bring this topic more to life, we have Aura Lee. She is one of our nutritional weight and wellness educators. So she teaches our nutrition for weight loss class mostly, but I know she teaches some of the other ones as well, but I bet a lot of our Twin Cities... Um, listeners have probably had her as and their educator. I love it whenever I get a chance to sit in one of Oralee's classes because it's always very informative. It's very practical, but she has the best sense of humor yes, and I always does. leave with my cheeks hurting. Yes. So good morning. I believe we have Oralee on the line. Yes. Good morning. I am on the line. Good morning, Oralee. And I want to tell you this morning and all you listeners about my dad. Because you're talking about fatty liver and cirrhosis of the liver, and so my dad was very special to us, as all of our dads are, and back when he was in the hospital, my brother, sister, and I, we could not understand how could our dad have been diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver because he never drank. Hmm. Is that like a new thought for some people, or is it a new thought for us? And at that time, I didn't know sugar could cause a fatty liver. But many years later, when I was training to be the nutrition educator that you said I was, I read Dr. Mark Hyman's book, The Ultra Simple Diet, and I was shocked, just shocked to learn that sugar is a major cause of getting a fatty liver. And um, I was thinking back about my dad's love of sugar, and I remember my mom hiding candy not from us kids, but from our dad, and he always had his hand in the candy dish, and he got into our Halloween stash, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of parents are guilty of that yes, one. Yes, 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 the good ones. But, but anyway, because of this, our mom went to great lengths to keep candy away from him, and she always hid it in the big roaster downstairs. That's awesome. <laughs> Just so my dad couldn't find it, but we kids knew where it was, but we weren't the problem. Our oh. dad was. 
so anyway, when my dad couldn't get his hands on the candy, he ate, he ate donuts, and he ate cookies, and he ate pies, and he ate cakes, and he ate pails of ice cream. Remember those ice cream pails? Oh, yes. Yes. So whatever it was, it was sugary, you name it, and he really, really loved sugar. And um, one of the fond memories I have of my childhood is of my dad reading in his favorite chair in the living room with a candy dish right beside him. (laughs) And he was reading, and yet all the while he was mindlessly eating candy. I don't know if you've ever eaten mindlessly, but it's one after the other with no thought behind it. And actually, I can still see him doing it to this day. But my dad hated black licorice. So one time, just for fun, my mom hid a few pieces in the bottom of the candy dish. (laughs) And when he put a piece of that black licorice in his mouth, he had a surprised and confused look on his face, and he spit it out. (laughs) And we all watched and laughed. If you can imagine, three kids and the mom peeking around the corner (laughs) waiting for dad to eat that licorice. Is that where you get your sense of humor? Was your mom like that, too? Um... No, I don't really don't know where I got that sense of humor. I think it's coming with uh, age and wisdom. There you go. <laughs> you know, you it's go. like if you don't laugh about it, well, you know, laughter is good. So anyway, we thought it was so funny to see our dad's reaction because he didn't expect it. But you know what? In reality, it wasn't funny at all. And all that candy and sugar was dadging, excuse me, damaging our dad's liver. And it makes me feel sad just to think about that. And that's why I wanted to share my story with you guys today on the, about fatty liver and cirrhosis of the liver. None of us had any idea that sugar was damaging our dad's liver until he was hospitalized and ultimately died. And guess what? I inherited my dad's love for sugar. And I'm an all-or-nothing girl, so I have to be so very careful because if one is good, two is better, and three is even better, so I don't even start. So, ladies, it would make me feel so good if my story today helps just one person listening. I sure wish I would have known years ago about the damaging effect sugar could have on the liver, but I'm glad I know it now. So I think this is such a great topic on dishing up nutrition and really needs to be talked about more. So thank you for letting me call in and share my story with you and all the listeners. I, I really hope it opens everyone's eyes about the damaging effects of sugar because it sure opened mine. Thank you. Thank you, Orly. That, that was, was a, a great story. Oh, my goodness. Yes. A great story. and. As Orly pointed out, her dad developed a fatty liver not because of drinking alcohol, but because he was eating so much sugar. So I hope all of you out there learn from this story that that Orly just told about her dad, because the truth is what you are choosing to put in your mouth today does matter for your health down the road. Yes, and we do need to go to break. So... You've been listening to Dishing Up Nutrition and, oh, sorry, I've got myself all flustered here. uh, That's all right. That's (laughs) right. Give such a good story. We're still thinking about about all of that. But yeah, we need to take a quick break. And um, do you want to lead us out, Brenna? Today's topic is all about changing nutrition habits to support your liver health. So think about how do you change a diet habit or what habit do you need to change Well, according to Gretchen Rubin, who wrote Better Than Before, there are 21 strategies you can use to help you make those changes. 
One strategy is having external accountability. Are you always saying, you can count on me? Maybe it's easy for you to follow through with what others want you to do, but it's hard for you to do what you know you should do. If you're that person that puts everybody else first, but you can't seem to stick with healthy changes yourself, stay with us because when we come back, we're going to talk about how having external accountability can help you stay on track. And we'll be back in a few minutes. There are some things we wish for you to do what everyone else can do. Hop in your car, go to work, slip right into a movie seat. Now there's a perk. Buy cute jeans right off the rack. Dance at the next wedding to love shack. Play tag with your kids and hear them say, that was the most awesomest day. Walk your dog, jog, or both just cause you can. Comfortably fly coach all the way to Japan. Be there on graduation day, especially if it's yours and you got your MBA. Meet your greatest love and ride off into the sun. This is your life. Go live it. You've only got one. If you think you've tried everything to lose the weight that's keeping you from your best life, think again. Learn the new science of weight loss in the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. You can do this. We'll help you. You're not alone. This is a promise, not just a poem. Join us at weightandwellness.com. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, I'm Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian. And today we're talking about your liver health. Now, before break, I sort of posed the question of how people are going to make a diet change if they need to do that to support their liver health. Or essentially, I was saying, are you that person that needs external accountability to help you make a positive change? And if you are someone who needs external accountability, then we would recommend coming in for a consult with a nutritionist. Changing habits can be difficult, but we can help hold you accountable to the changes that you want to make. So to make an appointment, call the office at 651-699-3438. I think that helps everybody, don't you? That external accountability. I mean, I know for myself when in my head, Whatever it is, I mean, if it's getting signed up for an exercise class or if it's nutrition related, if I say it to a friend or a colleague, that's right. And I I, sometimes I do that on purpose because I know that if I say it to someone, I don't want to be a liar and now (laughs) I have to do it. So it can help us all. So, yeah, having a consult with a nutritionist can be a huge help. But to get you started right now on a better path of eating, I have an easy breakfast idea I want to share. It's for crustless quiche. And you can find it on our website at weightandwellness.com. You just click on recipe. You can print this out at no charge. Crustless quiche. And here's an idea. Make it this afternoon. Or if you have more time tomorrow, make it tomorrow afternoon. And then cut out a little piece every morning during your busy work week for breakfast. Yep. You could either reheat it and eat it right before you leave the house, or you can take it to work and reheat it and I've eat it there. It cold. You can eat it cold, right? It's you don't have cold. to warm it up. And then you won't be tempted to grab that donut that's in the break room, or you won't grab a bagel as you're rushing out the door. You'll have a nice balanced breakfast with some protein, some carbohydrate, Mm -hmm. and some healthy fat. And if anybody has questions, we didn't give it before we went to break, but I want to give out our number here at the studio. If you have questions about your liver health, you can call us here today at 651-641-1071. 
Now, I think most people know that excess alcohol consumption is not great for their liver, but they probably didn't know about the sugar connection. No, I don't think a lot of people have connected the dots between sugar and fatty liver. I think what's more likely to happen is that people think if they eat too much fat, they could get a fatty liver, right? Because of the name. Yes. But it's the sugar. So let's talk about how does the sugar, too much sugar, create fat in and around our livers. And I think another great question we should answer for our listeners is how much fat does a liver need to sort of accumulate in there to be considered fatty? Now, when a person's liver accumulates about 5 to 10% of its weight from fat, then they would be diagnosed with a fatty liver. This fat accumulation causes inflammation in the liver, making it swell up. And Dr. David Ludwig, who some of you may have heard of, he's a pediatrician that specializes in treating obesity in kids, and he's also authored over 150 different scientific research articles. Dr. Ludwig says he has noticed that kids who drink a lot of pop and juice develop fatty livers before they're even teenagers. Oh, my goodness, that's sad. Oh, my goodness. I have to tell you, Brandon, last night I was in the kitchen washing dishes and the TV was on and the kids are like, look at that. And I look over and I don't even know what it was a commercial for, but they were making or maybe it wasn't a commercial. I think it was HGTV and they had built a fire pit (laughs) and they were making s'mores and Uh they were like as big as my head. I mean, maybe not quite that big, but but huge marshmallows. And I'm like. That's how kids get fatty liver. I said it right out loud and the kids kind of looked at me. But think of this. Dr. Ludwig is saying there are kids in our country that are developing fatty liver. Fatty liver. So juice and soda, high sugar foods like ginormous marshmallows, creating inflammation and fat storage in these young kids' bodies and in their livers. Right. So to give you a good visual of what happens with your liver when you get fatty liver, I want you to think about what if you walked outside right now and stepped off the curb wrong and sprained your ankle? What's going to happen? In a short amount of time, it's going to swell up, right? Right. That is inflammation that you or I could see. Now, with your liver, when it swells up because it has become fatty, unless you have an ultrasound or an MRI, you're not going to see it, but it could still be there. And the bad, the really bad thing is if you have a fatty, swollen liver and you don't do something about it now, over time that can develop scar tissue and that's when you get diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver. Yes, and cirrhosis is just a fancy word meaning scar tissue. And livers are not meant to be fatty. It's very damaging to those tissues. And as it tries to heal itself, that scar tissue forms. Now, did your mom ever make you eat liver and onions? No, and thank you, mom. (laughs) Well, I have to say, just to get prepped for the show today, I had liver for breakfast. You did? (laughs) I did. Oh, you are the most adventuresome (laughs) eater I can imagine. Okay, well, let me just say, I don't actually like liver all that much. You just did it for the show. I just eat it because I know it's good for me and it comes with our half a cow that we buy and you know i want to say with that should be organic if you're gonna eat liver you're gonna get a lot of toxins and junk in that liver yeah now if your mom ever made you eat liver and onions or if you've had it before and you've actually seen a liver before it's been cooked you might have noticed that chicken and beef livers have almost no fat on them they're very very lean well Our livers shouldn't really have fat on them either. That's how it should be. Lean livers. 
But, you know, since we can't see our liver and see that inflammation like we could with a sprained ankle, let's talk about what might be some body signs that we are getting a fatty liver or maybe even have cirrhosis of the liver. Well, symptoms of fatty liver disease can be hard to identify, but they include things such as fatigue and weakness, brain fog, nausea, abdominal pain, itchy skin, swelling of the abdomen and legs, and yellowing of the skin or eyes, which is known as jaundice. And I think people might be familiar with little babies who have had jaundice. Absolutely. And they have to lay them underneath the light. Yep. Um, so that jaundice is where bile from your liver is just building up in the bloodstream and kind of turning your skin yellow. Because your liver can't break it down. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Riley had jaundice when he was a baby. We never had to put him under the light because it was very mild. And I think that happens with a lot of babies. But we had to go in. I don't remember if it was every other day. And they would check his blood for Billy Rubin and make mm-hmm. sure that that was going down. But if you're an adult with jaundice, it's a much bigger, more serious deal. You know, a good example. So here's my show prep. Like you're eating liver. Wow. I'm just going to say you deserve a raise for that. <laughs> I watched, rewatched a little bit of Supersize Me last night, that documentary with Morgan Spurlock. That was my show prep. Okay. Didn't really taste. So I'll just say that. (laughs) But a good example of someone who developed a fatty liver and didn't know it is Morgan Spurlock in that Super Size Me. For those of you that aren't familiar with that documentary, he took a chunk of time. I think it was 30 days and he ate McDonald's breakfast, lunch, dinner for 30 days. And he developed a fatty liver just in that month's time Mm -hmm. and that was diagnosed through some blood work his triglyceride levels went sky high and his liver enzymes also went sky high well we can all guess what he was eating even if you didn't watch the documentary right if you're eating mcdonald's 24 7 you're eating or you're drinking pop you're eating french fries every day you're eating that big old white bun for a couple meals a day he was having ice cream he was having pancakes and biscuits at breakfast Sugar, 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 yes. And oftentimes I find that clients come in for consults after being diagnosed with fatty liver during a routine doctor visit. And kind of like Morgan Spurlock, they have these blood tests that show elevated liver enzymes and high triglyceride levels. And when we say high triglyceride levels, we mean over 150. Right. Because we know that optimal triglyceride levels should be around 50. So Yes. And un- boy... Haven't we all seen a lot of people with over 150 as clients? Yes. And doctors might order an MRI or an ultrasound to confirm that diagnosis just to see how much fat or scar tissue is around the liver. And wouldn't you know it, it's time for our second break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Changing habits is hard, and sometimes you need to know why a habit needs to be changed. How do healthy fats affect my mind and body? Why is it important to balance my blood sugar? Are you someone who needs a good reason as to why you should change your habits? And once you have a good enough reason, you do it? If you have habits you think you might need to change but need more convincing, stay tuned. When we come back, Cassie will have information about the upcoming Weekend Weight and Wellness Series where we can help answer most of your nutrition questions and help you become convinced to make some changes. If you have questions about the health of your liver, give us a call at the studio at 651-641-1071. 
Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Dishing Up Nutrition this morning. I'm Cassie, registered and licensed dietitian. And I want to repeat the question Brenna posed before we went to break. Are you somebody that needs to know the science behind a diet recommendation before you change your diet habits? For example, maybe you've been thinking about cutting back on the sugar and the processed carbohydrates in your diet, but you need a little bit more convincing. If this sounds like you, I highly recommend signing up for our next weekend weight and wellness series. This is our six-week class series condensed into two and a half days, starting on September 30th and ending October 2nd. The dietitians and nutrition educators who teach the class will help answer your burning nutrition questions that might be holding you back from changing your diet habits. And just so people know, nurses can earn 14.4 CEUs. And if you sign up before September 20th, you'll save $50. That's a good deal. That is a good deal. So to sign up, call the Nutritional Weight and Wellness Office at 651-699-3438. Or you can also go online to weightandwellness.com and register on there. And I believe we have a question this morning. I think we have a couple of callers. Let's take Greta on line one. Greta, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Did you have a question for us this morning? Yes, I did. Thank you very much. Um, You were just talking about kids who um, drink a lot of pop and juice that they, you know, have a higher chance of getting a fatty liver. My grandson has Down syndrome, and it's very hard to get him to drink anything except for juice. And we have a really hard time getting him to drink water. Do you have any suggestions? Uh, so where is, you know, is he, uh, my brother has Down syndrome. So I, I have a brother with Down syndrome. Do you? Yeah. Do. So I'm, I'm putting it, you know, in, I'm trying to think of it in my brother Jeremy's terms. Is he just belligerent about it? Is he, where is he in terms of being able to explain to him? This is just much better to make you feel better, drink more water? Well, um, he's eight years old, and he just doesn't understand. Right. So he he won't, like, you know, he has problems going poop right. because he it's hard to get fluids in him, mm-hmm. and the only fluids we can get in him is to give him juice. And okay. I'll try to water it down a little bit, but... Yeah. He doesn't, you know, want it. You could try to explain it to him, but he just doesn't understand. Yeah. Well, Um, I'm thinking stevia. That might be something to try. Um, You know, there's so many different flavors of the liquid drops. Like you could do a grape or um, I know my son likes the root beer flavored one. And that wouldn't affect your blood sugars at all it just gives it some natural mm-hmm. sweetness and i we can you can buy them at our offices or colburns or whole foods there's all kinds of different flavors so that yeah that probably is your your next best bet and then also just to continue as i know you are to try to explain to him and make that connection between the tummy aches because i'm sure he's having stomach aches when he can't go to the bathroom and the right. not the not drinking enough because if you can you know, talk to him about it when he has the stomach ache. So it really is connecting the dots. Thinking maybe trying the the dynamic greens. uh, One of the things I did try to do is I bought these fun cups for all the kids in his classroom because it's a relatively small class. 
And so then they all drink the water out of these fun cups and they think it's really, you know. Oh, that's a um, great idea, too. Make it fun. Yeah. That's a great idea. And then one more idea, and then we're going to take our next caller. But Brenna also mentioned um, the dynamic greens. That's something that comes in different flavors, and it's it's all the best stuff from, like, 20-plus different fruits and vegetables. Um, Like, Marissa likes the... Is it the pink lemonade one or yeah, the strawberry the pink kiwi? Lemonade, the strawberry kiwi. There's now we've also got the kids fruit punch one. Oh yeah, which I have to say I actually really like. I might have can to try you, that one can next. You buy, can I buy that from you guys? Yes. Yep. Yep. You could either walk into any of the stores, or if you purchase it online, it's the same price because we don't charge for shipping and handling. So it's called oh, Dynamic okay, Greens. Yeah, yeah, and then you're getting some good um, vitamins okay. and antioxidants into them too. So. And online, you just under wellness. Um, yes, weightandwellness.com. So weight and okay. wellness, all one word. And then when you get to that homepage, just click on products. Okay, great. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for that Thank call. You. Good luck with that. And we're going to take caller, um, the caller on line two. Cheryl, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Good morning, Cheryl. Did you have a question for us? Good morning. Yes, I do. I was wondering, has there ever been any studies done on family dynamics for predisposition of having a fatty liver? Because my cousin died of primary biliary cirrhosis about 10 years ago, and then my mom just recently was diagnosed with NASH. What are you familiar with NASH? That's Brenna, the non-alcoholic. Oh, correct. Steatosis. Yeah. So fat, it's fatty, fatty liver. liver. It's, okay. Yeah, non-alcoholic fatty it's, liver. Okay. Right. Um, I can't say that I looked at a study with family dynamic, like family, family genetics. genetics. I think yeah. now, if we talk about family dynamics, I'm thinking eating habits. You know, that could be that could be the running theme. So I think basically what you're saying, Brenna, is and I'm I'm with you, I haven't come across a particular piece of research saying there's a genetic link. That being said, we haven't specifically went out looking for that piece of research either, but we've never come across it. But there there probably for many families is the eating habits piece. You know, you grow up eating sort of the get, same right, stuff right. and then everybody and, gets Similar to, you know, if, if you are used to having spaghetti every Friday night and pizza on Sundays and, you know, those foods that turn into a lot of sugar, if that's the tradition of your family and what are comfort foods for you, then it would be very likely that you're you, going to continue as a them. family mm-hmm. are going to be more at risk for developing fatty liver. Okay. That's. Interesting hearing it that way. We were thinking more because of the um, Eastern European and this all of a sudden coming up that it was more of that, but it could just be what you're eating on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. You got it. Absolutely. Okay. Thank, okay, you. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for your call. You know, um, it's interesting. That call has made me think this is the one piece. I mean, I'm confident in saying absolutely it can just be what you as a family tend to eat. And this, I feel like, is the one topic where pretty much every doctor out there even knows the connection. You you know, sometimes we as nutritionists are talking about things and the doctors don't yet know that nutrition link to Mm -hmm. said disease. But doctors know this. They know it. They know that non-alcoholic fatty liver comes from too many processed 
carbs and they know it's related to a person's diet and lifestyle habits. And no one has found a medication to treat fatty liver. And I hope they never do because it's (laughs) not that we need a pill to treat it, right? We just need to change our eating habits. And the good news is you can reverse fatty liver disease. You just need to cut out the sugar, cut down on or cut out the processed carbohydrates. So that's things like cold breakfast cereal and granola bars and bagels. And when you do this, your triglyceride levels come down to a nice level. Your blood sugars get back in balance and great things happen. And I will say this personal opinion. If you have fatty liver, you should avoid alcohol. Yeah. Your liver's already struggling. We don't need to stick something else in there. Exactly. And well, that all sounds simple enough, right? But what diet habits do you need to change to lose weight, lower your triglyceride levels, and manage your blood sugar levels? Well, I think people, first of all, Brenna, when you say diet changes, they start to get fearful. I know. I use that four-letter word. (laughs) But really, for most people, it just takes a few small changes in a few key areas to reverse the fatty liver. So... To make the right diet changes to support your own liver health, the first thing you need to do is ask yourself, what foods am I eating that could be creating a fatty liver? And the answer to that question is going to be different from one individual to the next. But we know that fatty liver is a disease of excess, excess sugar or carbs for that matter. Are you surprised? Well, again, did you think it was an excess of fat in the diet? Well, it's definitely not from good fats like olives and olive oil and avocados and organic butter. Not from those things. No. And this makes sense to us, right? Brenna, we're nutritionists, dietitians, Mm -hmm. and probably to our longtime listeners, it makes sense that this is a disease of excess sugar and carbohydrates because we know that eating too many carbohydrates, especially the processed carbs, will lead to high blood sugars. Now, if you're not sure what exactly we mean when we say processed carbs, we pretty much mean anything that comes from a processing plant. So think of that boxed cereal you're having for breakfast or the pasta, any type of candy, pop, chips, juice. These all are made in a processing plant, right? They're not grown in your garden. Nope. And they will lead to a high blood sugar and this excess sugar from these excess carbs turns into triglycerides in your liver And this is where things really start to go south. And guess what triglycerides do? When we have just the right amount, our muscles can use triglycerides for energy. But in excess, they get stored as body fat and liver fat. And we're going to have to leave it right there until we come back from break. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Today, we've been discussing diet changes to help prevent and treat fatty liver disease. Many of our diet habits are deeply ingrained. Do you have the habit of frequently driving through the fast food lane for dinner? Remember Morgan Spurlock from Super Size Me? After eating McDonald's for 30 days, he developed a fatty liver. How might you begin to change your fast food habit? Something to think about for when we come back from break. And I never like to admit that I was wrong. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, and thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Cassie, registered and licensed dietitian. If you haven't figured it out yet, today's topic has been all about making diet changes to prevent and reverse fatty liver disease. As nutritionists and registered dietitians, we know that fast food is not good for anyone, but certainly if you've been diagnosed with a fatty liver or with cirrhosis of the liver... You should not be doing fast food, right? I mean, it's French fries, it's 
that white bread. Uh, for some food, fast food is the mochas mm-hmm. and the frappuccinos, right? Yes. That's through a drive through Yep. This isn't good. So if you are that person that has a fast food habit, I want, to, want you to ask yourself this question. What keeps pulling me into that fast food lane? And another thing to think about is what time of the day does my car always seem to automatically drive into that fast food lane? <laughs> if it's on your way home from work, it's probably because you have a low blood sugar. I can't even count how many times I heard that story from clients back when I was seeing clients mm-hmm. that they'd make a commitment to themselves not to eat fast food anymore. But inevitably, a couple times during the, the next week, they would find their car almost automatically pulling into the McDonald's or the Burger right. King. And then my next question, Brenna, I bet you can guess, would always be, did you have an afternoon snack? They'd say, no, I forgot it. They would say no. And so then, hello, light bulb should come on in your head. If you haven't eaten since lunch and now it's five or six and you're driving home, your blood sugar is low. There's no such thing as willpower anymore. Nope. Your blood sugar is low. Your body is in survival mode. It wants food. And sure, you end up in right the fast food lane because it's easy. So the answer is pack a snack. And it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Something that I love to do that's quick and easy is to take some nitrate-free deli meat like Applegate or Hormel has a nitrate-free line. Spread a little avocado or maybe some full-fat cream cheese on each slice because that's your healthy fat. And you roll that up. They fit perfectly into a little snack size baggie and you can take them to work. And then have a handful of grapes. Grapes are in season right now and they're so delicious. Yeah. So you have your protein, your healthy fat, your healthy carbohydrate is the grapes. That'll balance your blood sugar and hold you over till you can get home and make dinner. And make dinner. That's right. So we were talking about um, the excess carbohydrates before we went to break and how that leads to high triglyceride levels. And you reminded us again, Brenna, of Morgan Spurlock eating all the McDonald's and his triglyceride levels went sky high. Then what happens is we store those triglycerides in our liver and it gets triglycerides are sort of a fatty sugar, we call them. Yep. So when we store them in our liver, we're basically storing fat in and on our liver. Now, what diet habits did Aura Lee's dad and Morgan Spurlock have in common that led them to both develop fatty livers? Sugar, sugar, lots and lots of sugar, right? Remember Aura Lee's story? If you didn't hear it at the beginning of the show, you'll have to listen to the podcast later. Her dad loved cookies and pies and any type of candy. Anything Um, with sugar. Anything with sugar. He craved sugar. And Morgan Spurlock was eating the pancakes and the biscuits and the French fries. All of that stuff turns to sugar as well. And now that you know how excess sugar is turned into triglycerides and stored as fat, doesn't it make sense that 80 to 90 percent of people who are obese develop a fatty liver? 80 to 90% of people who are obese develop a fatty liver. And it does. It totally makes sense. Right. So what diet changes are you willing to make to help you achieve a healthy weight and reduce your risk of developing liver cirrhosis? Let me help listeners with that question, Brenna. Oh, well, thanks, Cassie. First of all, if you are a pop drinker, you know that you need to give up the pop, especially if it's the full octane sugary pop. That's just liquid candy, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not just the pop. Read the ingredients on your favorite sports drink. A lot of these sports drinks have sugar or corn syrup or high fructose corn syrup or all three. 
any any sugar sweetened beverage is not good for your liver. And studies have shown a correlation between these drinks and an increased risk of obesity and fatty liver right. disease. It's not just us saying this. There no, are more like, than one research study out there showing it. Yes. And in fact, in 2014, an article from Today's Dietitian, Erin McCarthy, wrote a great piece on fatty liver. And first, she states a low-fat, high-carbohydrate diet promotes the development of a fatty liver. And second, she says a higher carbohydrate diet of greater than 54% of your calories coming from carbs has been associated with significantly higher odds of liver inflammation. I'm so glad this article was in Today's Dietitian because going to school to be a registered dietitian, I was taught to eat high lots carb, of carbs, high carb, low yes. fat. And finally, they're dispelling the myth. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Even if it was in 2014. <laughs> took a while. Took, took me a little while to find it there, but it's there. And because processed carbs lead to inflammation, we now know that inflammation of the liver can lead to scar tissue of the liver, and that can lead to liver cirrhosis. And once you have cirrhosis, there's no going back. So today is the day to make changes. Ask yourself, how am I going to change my soda habit or maybe it's a candy habit or a cookie habit one idea you might try gretchen rubin's strategy for change known as inconvenience gretchen rubin was on our show a few months back she has a strategy for change called inconvenience which basically means get that food out of the house you're less likely to eat it or drink it if it's not in the house And that means that instead of trying to avoid them, as they whisper to you from the pantry or the fridge, ice cream whispers to me. Actually, it kind of screams to me. It screams at me from the freezer. So don't put it there. I don't put ice cream in my freezer because it yells at me. Yes. Yes. Smart. So out of sight, out of mind. And honestly, for most people, it's a lot easier to just abstain from your favorite food or what I call your vice rather than simply moderate it. it. This makes me think of, I listen to Jason and Alexis during the, the week because they make me laugh. <laughs> and Jason has often said about different things, know thyself. And that's what I'm thinking of right now. Know thyself. I'm that person that does better if I just don't even take one. Right. And remember, Oralee said that too. She's the same way. If she has whatever it is, one potato chip or one bite of ice cream, then it's two and three and four and 20. Yes. So just don't eat any if you're that type of person. Mm -hmm. And it might be helpful for people to think of fatty liver disease as being similar to diabetes of the liver. If you have a diabetic aunt, would you bring her a bowl of pasta salad for lunch? No. No, No, that wouldn't be good for her Not unless I didn't like her, but I like my aunt that has diabetes. I do. So you don't bring her pasta salad because you know that it's not good for her liver. Oh my gosh. Not good for any part of her body. Think about this. Just one cup of pasta is equal to 40 grams of carbs. And if if you're in your kitchen, open up your cupboard door, your drawer where you keep your measuring cups and look at what one cup is because it's not much. So just one cup is 40 grams. At home, you're probably going to eat at least two. Or if you're dishing up a a pasta salad at a picnic, you're going to eat at least two. Now you have 80 grams of carbs. Brenna, tell them how much sugar that turns into. 20 teaspoons of sugar in you Uh, and your aunt's bloodstream. Shocking. I mean, would you serve up your aunt a bowl with 20 teaspoons of sugar and say... Here you this, go, Aunt Carol. No, 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 I would not do that. So instead of pasta salad, 
Bring your aunt or yourself a serving of the quinoa chicken salad from our website, weightandwellness.com. You know, it's got just the right amount of carbs, about 30 grams total from high fiber quinoa and garbanzo beans to help support blood sugar control and liver health. And it's delicious. It is delicious. The other one that I absolutely love on our website would be the salmon salad. I love the salmon salad supreme. And then you get those healthy omega-3 fats from the salmon, too. And there's good research out there showing that those can help to prevent high triglyceride levels. Mm -hmm. And we know that if we keep our triglyceride levels down, we're much less likely to develop fatty liver. That's right. And it's time for us to wrap up our show for today. But before we go, just a quick little recap of the two most important points. Yes. First of all, we talked about how if you've been diagnosed with a fatty liver, you need to give up high sugar drinks, high sugar foods, and the processed carbs too, like the granola bars and the cold breakfast cereal. And replace those things with vegetables, 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 especially the non-starchy vegetables like the kale that's in your garden, Brenna, yes, or spinach or broccoli. And we also want people to include more monounsaturated fats like the olives and olive oil and avocados and salmon with their meals and their snacks to help keep their blood sugar more stable and to help their liver break down the fat that it has accumulated. Thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you found this show interesting, please share it with a friend or family member. Our message each week is how eating real food supports your health. A simple but powerful life-changing message. Be sure to tune in next week. I don't quite remember the topic, but I know it's going to be it's interesting. It's always going to be a great show, and you're going to learn when you tune in to Dishing Up Nutrition. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.